Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another epic episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me... It's Jake Green, and we're back again to talk to you guys about the next racing that's on the World Cup circuit, and we're talking about the, the second World Cup that's about to happen in Poznan, Poland. And back again, 2022 season, the first season of the new Olympiad, there are going to be a lot of crews out there trying to uh, you know, put their put their hands up, put their you know their put their positions in, and, and try and develop the crews. The country's going to be developing the crews that they you know that they want to get right for the world champs. Still a bit of selection happening, but overall, I thought the entries seemed to be super diverse, which was awesome to see. And in a lot of events, very very young entries, which is awesome. You know, you always want as the old guard steps, you know, out of the sport, you always want a nice influx of younger rowers. And it seems like that's what what we're getting this weekend. But besides that, Lawrence, chat to us a bit about the the course that uh, they're going to be rowing at this weekend. Oh, I don't don't know much about this course. Actually, one of the courses I haven't raced at. Have you raced um, in Poznan, Jake? Yeah, I have raced, actually. um, We went there in 2019 again, I think, to the second World Cup. Um, I thought overall, very nice course. Uh, the wind, I think, tends to be fairly, um, you know, not too bad. I don't think we, when while we were there, it wasn't outrageous. And I don't think the course is known for having super outrageous wind. I do think the course, when it does blow tail, it tends to be uh, quite a quick course. I think they've been very fast racing that's come from this course in the past. And I think the results that have come from Poznan have always been very interesting. Yeah, and looking at the weather, it looks like it's going to be really hot. So especially Saturday, Sunday looks really, really hot, high of 31 degrees. And then Friday looks like a bit more tailwind. And then the other uh, Saturday, Sunday look a little bit crosswindy, but still a bit of tail. So I think we might get some some really quick times. And yeah, it doesn't look like crazy windy either. So let's see um, what the the real weather gods have to say once the crews take to the water, yeah. they might change their minds and uh, give us a little bit of uh, bit of spice. But no, I, I think that this I'm really looking forward to this regatta. I mean, as we said, we spoke about it in World Cup one, uh, how it's so cool because it's a, a short Olympiad, you know, only three years, so people are hitting it running, and you know, there's there's so much to see and unpack after the Tokyo Olympics. And we're going straight into Olympic qualifiers next year. So people really need to get established, need to set up Holy their, shit. their crews and, every time, and their racing. Every time someone says <laughs> that, that, it gives me mind? flipping chills down my spine that people are qualifying for the <laughs> Olympics next year. Oh my That's God, that take. is terrifying to think yeah. about that. Yes. You've got to put your, your big boy pants on. Um, yes, a better, you got to change it up. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, the, the World Cup one, we were super excited to see, but we also, you know, we were missing a lot of crews. And now the crews are starting to, the entries are starting to really ramp up. And I think um, we got we got really, really quality athletes and countries coming into the, the game. And I think for me, the best thing that, that I saw when I'm looking at the, the entries and, and compared to the last, the first World Cup, is the fact that you got uh, Canadian crews, New Zealand crews, Australian crews, and um, American crews American coming in, crews. and it's 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 really really cool, especially on the women's side because they really that's like all of the top dogs are coming in, and we're going to see some some big battles, and yeah, I think that that's going to lift the the whole standard of 
the regatta by a huge amount. And we've got a lot of returning Olympians coming back into the mix, Jake. Very much so. And what I also like to see is it does. It definitely seems like this weekend is an extremely diverse entry. Uh, you mentioned some of the big the big countries that are coming through, but also we have, you know, India is sending quite a a, a comprehensive a squad out, team. which is awesome to see. Huge two one men's eight, one women's eight, which is which is awesome to see, and especially in the men's eight to ha- and the women's eight to have like new and fresh countries out there and. Oh, across the board, Japan is sending a huge team here. And yeah, I, I think this say. is what our sport needs is diverse entries. And, you know, you always want this because, like, this is the this is the first step in towards developing a more competitive environment is to get more entries across the world into the, the rowing scene. And I thought on top of the diversity aspect of it, you know, I th- I think it's interesting to see China still got their their team here. Obviously, the Chinese team staying on in Europe, and it's it seems to be seems like just looking at the trajectory of the last couple of years, the Chinese rowing team is definitely becoming more involved in the the World Cup rowing circuit and more involved in the world rowing in general. Because in the past, correct me if I'm wrong, Lawrence, but it seems like China in the past have seemed to only kind of rock up for the World Champs and the Olympics. Whereas now they seem, you know, first World Cup, second World Cup, they're sending full contingents out, which is great. Yeah, I was good because I mean, yeah, the Olympics they always have a huge team, and uh, World Champs they often are bringing in a lot, and especially around. I mean, I think they peaked at about Beijing when they, you know, they were putting all that effort and money into into all their different sports to to make sure that they won the games. And then it kind of slowed down a little bit after that, but I think they they're definitely picking up again. And yeah, no, I think we we in for a treat this this coming weekend, Jake. A hundred percent. And the China just on the just on the Chinese team for for those that are wondering the, the I think the big one from China is the Chinese gold Olympic quad is back in the second World Cup, and there's a bit of a grudge match in that event. There's got to be a couple of grudge matches this weekend, but one of them is the. The Chinese women's squad is going to be racing against the Netherlands uh, women's squad again. And that was a super close race. And the Chinese just lost out to the Netherlands. So just on the, the grudge matches this weekend, that's that's the one to watch out for. Yeah, there's actually, let's go on to the grudge matches, Jake, because there's a couple. Woo! See, that's a really good one. I think that's another big, big one. one is the men's double. Ooh, because yes. you've got... Um, just looking at it, because I mean, the, the Croatians only just won. Although the Polish, yeah. oh, the Polish are there though. Yeah, so the Polish are there. The Polish I think that's that's going to be a big a big fight for the the gold there. But then you also have a whole lot of more people coming in to lift the the standard as well of that race. But I think let's stick on the the grudge matches. Where where else we have we have the uh, women's four because we've got the Australians and the uh, Irish again. But also, you know, at, at the Olympics, Australians and the Netherlands had a super close race in that that final. So I think that's that's going to be a big one. Um, some other grudge matches, again, actually into the men's double, what I thought was interesting was the, the, the w- within the countries, the Dutch men's doubles, there are two of them. And there was a huge um, upsets from the first World Cup that the double with Bronick and Mertesakis didn't make the A final. Um, and I think, you know, having both those doubles are back for the second World Cup 
that's going to be, you know, just looking at the within the countries, that's going to be a huge matchup because 100% uh, Brunic and uh, Mertesakis were the favorite double from Netherlands. You can't tell me that Olympic silver medalists and Olympic gold medalists get into the double and they are not the favorites from your country. So I think there's going to be huge um, inter, you know, uh, within the within yeah. the country and the federation itself, the racing between those two doubles is going to be very very intense. So I mean, Jake, you did a lot of uh, a lot of the research for this um, regatta, and I'm just going through like all the 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 big talking points that you put down, and not even about you know we'll get to what are the events we want to watch at the end of the at the end of the day, and which are the events that we want to be keeping an eye on over the weekend. But there's some really interesting kind of uh, crews taking to the water and interesting changes uh, that you've put down here. So I think the first for me is um, Stefan Kruger racing for Estonia. Yo, I, I did not see that one coming. And I actually had to triple check that this was correct. But yeah, Stefan Kruger, who's raced for Germany for so many years, has decided to switch across and... Um, he's now going to be racing well. in the men's double as well. Like, I mean, this, I'm telling you, Lawrence, this event for this next Olympiad for me is going to be the event based off the crews that are, and like just the movement across the board. So yeah, he's you racing say for in us, the double. Jake, you can say for us, because this for event for, for, for both of us is the, the one to watch for, yeah. you know, just every, every regatta is going to be a banger. Yeah, and and he's racing in, um, he's racing in the double with Casper uh, Tameso. I apologize for the the pronunciation there, but Casper's a super experienced rower from Estonia. He's a Olympic bronze medalist from 2016, and you know that's 100. percent There's, I think Stefan's moving across to Estonia to try and um, you know get get put in the top boat. And he's racing with Casper, who's a very experienced rower. So I think that combination has got a lot of potential to be quick. Plus, talking about grudge matches, he's got to be racing against two German doubles. So, you know, that's going to be spicy to see him out against uh, his fellow countrymen. And, and the one double Lawrence, has Hannes Ocek And the one double, Hannes Ocek, strokeman from the eight for how many years? And now he's decided to throw himself into the snake pit with the rest of the men's doubles. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what that double looks like and, and how fast they are. And I mean, as we, we learned quickly last week, that just uh, putting a big name on the on the list does not guarantee any any speed. But, no, oh, man, not at all. Especially cool not in this event. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Yeah, dude, the double, it's hard to even, I mean, the double is just ridiculous at the moment. How many big athletes there are in it and how close it's going to be and how there's, there is a lot of hype around the double already. I think, you know, just the Sinkovich is going back, lifted the like hype around the double so much 100%. that just really lifted everyone's attention around that boat class. And I think especially now that the, with this cycle and the Sinkoviches, I think are now, probably the biggest the biggest crew in in the rowing community at the moment that's racing and i think they've got whatever event they're rowing in it's going to naturally bring so much attention i mean just think of how much talk was around the men's pair 
even though the men's pair had the kiwi pair in it, but as soon as the sink, sink fidget came through, it really brings a lot of tension. And, yeah. you know, but then, the big thing is that they're coming into such a competitive event. And and where do you think the French are? The French are here. The French are here. They're racing in the single skulls. Both uh, oh, um, Matteo and the, the men, the Olympics champions. Yeah, Hugo. That's the one. Hugo and Matteo are both racing here, but they're in the in the single skulls as we can, so they're not racing in the double, which is so interesting because, okay. like, think about them. They're going to be racing in the singles. I'm sure they're taking a bit of a break, race each other, get a bit of a, you know, just a bit of a change. But I'm sure they're going to be looking at the men's double with just going like, holy shit, like, what's going to happen? Because yeah, they won that gold medal in um, in Tokyo. But yes, you, you they out of all the crews, gold gold medalists from last year they're the one crew that cannot rest on their laurels because of how close the whole thing is plus now again we've said it so much but the Sinkoviches are back in so the the French are going to be looking at the Sinkoviches and seeing what they can do this weekend and then moving across the other event that's kind of piquing my interest at the moment is the the women's double because we got some mm. some big names coming into the women's double yeah, we've got Sunita Pispiers racing in for, for Ireland in the women's double. A bit of a change for her. And uh, yeah, she's paired up with a, quite a young athlete, Zoe Hyde. And, uh, you know, it's so. I think it's great to see uh, Sunita back um, racing this weekend. I think she's definitely, over the years, has become a fan favorite. Um, not just in Ireland, but I think across across the across the board from all countries. So... Obviously, she had a disappointing time in in Tokyo last year, but actually, it's really awesome to see her back racing. Uh, yeah, I didn't. The, I must say, I did skulls. not expect to. I did not expect to see her back. Yeah, um, and then she's but also then, got her. Yeah, you you go ahead, Lawrence. I know exactly what you're going to say next. Oh, I was going to say the other person in the women's double that oh, was a bit unexpected is Cara Cola from the USA. Uh, so she was racing in the single last season. And now she's stepping into the double for for this first showing of uh, the Team USA for 2022. So that's also another going to be an interesting one to see because um, I don't know the the racing is going to be it's, the racing is definitely taking a step up. I mean we know always the you know World Cup one is always a little bit quiet and then things really start to to heat up after yeah, for World Cup two and 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 World Cup three. Before the 100%. 100%. And I, you know, just, you know, Cara's obviously she's such a strong scholar, but, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'd, I don't know because there's a, there's a USA women's scholar. So I'm not sure if there was a bit of selection happening for the, the women's single skull because I think the, the single skull has definitely been the top boat on the women's sculling from America. Um, but besides that, staying on the sculling side, What's disappointing to see is that Alexander Hill, the strokeman from Australia that took that four to the gold medal last year, he was initially entered into the single skulls, and unfortunately he's been um, he's been pulled he's not he's pulled out. So obviously it's a bit of injury or sickness happening. But I was really excited to see you know what uh, what he could do in the single skulls because it's always so interesting to see when sweep rowers, um, especially sweep rowers, swap from like the eights or another event into the single skulls to see what they can do. Yeah. No, it's really, really cool. Um, I'm just 
yeah, it, it's 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 cool because he's already selected in the scout. I mean, they released that um, the the selection uh, team, the selected team, much earlier in the year, and Alex Hill was in there in the single, and I, I mean, we really thought he was going to give it a give it a go this weekend. So it is a bit upsetting to to see that he's not in, entered anymore, but I'm sure they have their reasons, and hopefully we'll find out by the end of the weekend. Um, why he didn't race but yeah hopefully we see him at world cup three yeah and then staying on the australian team the four is back and they do have the they've got the three the three um rowers that were in the boat last year so 100 percent the men's four field all eyes are going to be on the australian four and seeing what they can do this weekend i think calling calling it early i think they're going to be huge favorites um on the weekend um and on the on the flip side you also have the women's four who have um you know the the olympic medalists as well from australia they're back um in that category and i think again i would also say they are favorites this weekend but i would say they have maybe a bit stiffer competition from uh, the women's four field because we definitely have some interesting developments in the entry list for this weekend yeah, because I mean, I feel like comparing the the men's and women's fours. Like, I mean, the men's four, you always need the the British to be there to really kind of set the the bar. I mean, I know the Australians are the world champions, but I mean, without the British in the field, it always feels like okay, it's not a not a full field. So, but I think that the, the racing British, will still the Romanians, be really good. and the Italians too. Yeah, so you you're missing a lot, but you you have the Australians, and it's going to be interesting to see how how they race without Alex Alex Hill in the stroke seat, and how different that looks um, to to their race plan. But then going across to the women's four, as you say, the, the competition is going to be a lot tighter because you've got Australia Olympic champions, then you have um, the the Canadians, which a lot of them are coming from the eights the eight that won last year in Tokyo. So I think that's going to be a real big race. Plus you have the Irish women's four um, bronze medalists from last year, Tokyo. And then you've got a New Zealand four, a USA four and two Chinese four. So I think that the competition is going to be pretty stiff for, for the, the, the win in the women's four. hundred percent. Plus you have got the, the, the Netherlands four who also, they got the silver medal in this event from last year. But it's a new crew, and it looks like a young crew. So I don't know, you know, maybe not. Maybe they may, might not have the same, uh, you know, stopping powers that fall from last year. But you never know, hey. It's always interesting what comes out. But yeah, I think the interesting thing for me to see is the 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 two Chinese falls and the two Canadian falls because they're not doubling up in the eight. They're only focusing on the the falls event this weekend. So I think that's going to make them. The, the Chinese fours did reasonably well at the first World Cup, but I think the fact that they, they can focus on the women's four this time around and they've got a little bit more experience in the bag, I think that's going to improve their quality in the field overall. Um, but this is exactly what we're saying, though. But this is exactly what we're saying about why the women's four is so important because often you get to a World Cup and there's like two or three entries into the, the eight and then the eight yeah. kind of... You know, is it really worth traveling to another country? The cost, the 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 training that you miss when you when you travel for a you know a week of of racing to race in an event that only has two or three entries in. Whereas now you have the four, so you can 
enter your eight into two fours and you know that the competition is going to be high you know they're going to get good racing no matter what so then the kind of benefit is so much better and then obviously if the if the eight is the focus it's easy to step back into the eight for the world champs yeah a hundred percent and uh i think that the eights have always been a bit sometimes frustrating because like you said the entries tend to be super limited on both sides but this weekend, it's so cool to see the fact that you have five women's eights entered and seven uh, men's yeah. eights, which means they're going to be heats, which does not happen very often um, for for the men's eight. And again, like at World Cups, at World Cups, again the diversity element as well. Like it's quite, you know, you got some some eights here that you don't often see on the water, and on the women's side, there's a Danish eight, and I know that the Danish women's uh, squad is, is fairly, um, you know, it's got quite a bit of depth. They've had a very fast women's fall in the past and they've always seemed to, you know, fare reasonably well in the in the pairs. And then on the men's, and then you have an Indian eight as well, which is crazy. And then on the men's side, you've got, you know, Australia, Canada, Czech Republic, Germany, India, Poland, Ukraine. So I think it's a good balance between competitive eights, newcomers, and, you know, very diverse, which is, not what you usually see in the men's eight is and the, i mean the eights events in general there seems to be a very stock standard list of countries that compete in the eights every single year um you're in and you're out so to see a bit of change up in the the, the names you see, the the countries that you're seeing on offer is actually really cool to see yeah bang but so we don't have any um olympic champions though in either event so it's still yeah. is, we're still gonna we're still waiting to see the the big dogs come out to play at the the world champs maybe lucerne will see some um some of them coming out for the the eight but then jake yeah. i want to ask okay who's the who's someone that you expected to see are there any crews that you expected to see or that you really want to see racing this weekend that we're not going to see so going through the list for me Oli Ziedler missing from the the men's single is a, is a big one. Huge. And you already said uh, Alexander Hill for the the Australian team. But is there is there anyone else that especially maybe that we saw racing last week that's uh, last uh, first World Cup that set the standard that's not racing now? Well, I I think the I think on the men's pair side, I think the men's pair were a super interesting field last World Cup, and I think it's not as robust this time around i think we're missing those gb pairs and you know the 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 great britain rowing federation is such a you know such a big force on the circuit so whenever you're missing them it does take out a level of competitiveness and like you said earlier Mm. about benchmark setting not that every gb comes across as a no serbians as well so yeah i think it's a bit disappointing to see you know lack of gb boats but actually with the part that i'm most disappointed about i did uh, allude to it a little bit earlier is that there's no italian and romanian teams here and those two teams provide huge depth to the rowing circuit and then you look at the romanian and the italians on the men's sweep program huge and in sculling it's it's huge and I'm, i'm a little bit disappointed to see that they're both not around but i think it's got something to do with the fact that you have european um championships in august so i think it does change it may it it might uh it might mean that italy and romania are only going to try and start their professional racing build-up a little bit later in the year to time it well with world champs because then you have lucerne europeans and then world champs which flows quite nicely 
Whereas if you're going to all the World Cups, Europeans and World Champs, that might be a little bit of too much to handle. So I think a lot of those two countries are probably isolating European Championships in August as probably the second, the second, or even some of them, no, I would say the second biggest event of the year, 100% for them will be the European Racing Championships. Mm, 100%. Then, Jake, the, you know, a lot of people just listen to the row show and they don't even watch the racing. So, you know, they're so pressed for time. They're just so busy with their, their daily lives that they don't have time to watch the race and they rely on us to give them the, the super summary. And if you could only watch one race this weekend, if you were only bothered or you only had time to, to switch on the TV for, for one race, which is the race that you, you're not going to miss with the, the knowledge Easy. that you have at the moment? Easy. The, the one event this weekend for me that is by far uh, the, mo the best event to watch and probably the event with the best racing by far is the men's double skulls. And I think we've spoken about all the points. But just to summarize, you have the Sinkoviches that are back. The Polish are back. Those two have got a super big grudge match. Grudge match. Australia are in the double. They have two rows from the silver, silver quad from the Olympics last year. Stefan Kruger racing for Estonia. That's a curveball. That both the Netherlands doubles are at it again, <laughs> trying to figure things out. Two German doubles. Um, it's honestly across the board, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a super high no, quality field. Yeah, super high you, quality you, field. So for, for the listeners out there, men's double skulls is where it's happening this weekend. No, you bang on, Jake. You bang on. So for me, I think I would choose the double skulls, but because you chose it, I'm going to choose women's four because I really want to see how that event starts to kick off. And I think, as we always said, that this event is going to just build and build and build momentum until it is possibly one of the ultimate um, events uh, on the on the, the rowing on the rowing circuit so I think I want to see what's going to happen there how the the Dutch are going to do how the Canadians will will fare on the water will the Australians still be as quick as they they were last year there's a lot of what ifs coming into to this uh, weekend's racing in the women's four so oh man I'm excited to watch it 100%. And then I think the last, you know, we try to keep it quite stricture with our event uh, recommendations. But I'd say our last recommendation, and we, Lawrence and I chatted about this before we, we, we started the broadcast, but I think both the lightweight double skulls. And notice we haven't actually spoken much about it in talking points. But I think that's the big reason for me why both lightweight double skulls are going to be interesting to watch and a, a thing to watch this weekend because it's such a new field with so much fresh talent and new athletes, new faces that you don't, there isn't, you know, the athletes are going in there with a fairly open mind psychologically on who can win. Every single double that's racing this weekend has got in their mind that idea of going on the podium. They're not racing the Irish. They're not racing the Italians. They're not racing the Germans or any other top crews from last year. So they know the gates wide open. Um, for men and for the women. Because again, on the women's side, you know, it's such a close field and, and you're missing a lot of rowers. So I think that is going to be a very interesting field to watch. And it's a big entry, 16 uh, boats in each in each event. That's a huge entry for the second World Cup. And I think the semis are going to be very intense. And I think whenever you have young athletes that are hungry to put their skin in the game, 
it's going to be some very good racing. So for me, that's that's the the, the other two events that are going to be great to watch. Then before we wrap up, Jake, the last question is: If you were a betting man and you were going to put some high stake dollars onto <laughs> a single crew this weekend, which crew do you think has it? Is it the most? Uh, well, where would you put your money? Who do you think has got the most guaranteed win? Oh, easy games, men's for Australia. I think they're easy, <laughs> easy win. Easy yes, win. I'm just giving you such easy questions today. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would bet my Bitcoin, but they're pretty much useless at the moment, so can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would put my money. I think you're right. I think that's the the, the obvious one, but. I'm going to still put my money on the Croatians, Sinkovic brothers. Oh, for the, for the dude, that's dangerous. You see, I'm I'm making easy bets here. That's like going into the casino no, no. and going know, to the roulette table and I you're like, I'm betting on, on black here, 50-50. <laughs> no, it's yeah. less than 50-50. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of crews in there that can win this race. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But the Croatians, I mean Lawrence, the quality, their pedigree. You know, the thing is though, if you lay, if you line up against the Croatians, I I just feel like you you have to make peace with the fact that if you're going to beat them, you're going to go as hard as you physically can go because they are so good and so fast that you know you pretty much have to be willing to die to beat them that's how hard you have to push yourself because i felt so like that's poetic, what the polish Jake. did that's what the polish did in the first world cup they literally went out with their blue chunks to try to beat them and, then, and like when you're racing against them in your head you have to make peace with the fact that that's what you're going to be required to do to beat the crew so actually it's not it's not a bad bet there lawrence i think it's a pretty good point there but it, what it, what it does for me is it highlights the fact that this regatta is quite open. It's really hard. There's not a lot of crews that are you're like, okay, these crew, this is the best crew. So there's still a lot of people that we need to see come down the track before we can say, oh, these, this is a really fast crew, you know. So mm. that part for me is pretty exciting because that's I think what that's what's going to be the best to watch this weekend is who is, you know, we've watched one World Cup and now we who are we gonna see return. We're going to see lift the standard a little bit higher and uh, and and hold those top spots and and start to establish themselves as real real gold medal contenders for Paris twenty twenty four. That's the Lawrence. ultimate. That's I the ultimate. I think that's I think that's what we we had to watch this weekend. Yeah, I think you put it very well there. But yeah, I think besides that, guys, that's uh, I think Lawrence, that's a wrap for our hype train for the second World Cup. Very yeah. exciting stuff. Just a quick shout out to our Patreons out there and we love the support, um, everyone. And uh, our Patreons are the backbone of this uh, podcast. And, you know, if you guys are interested, you want to help us out, go, you know, follow us on social media, send us messages. And uh, if you're interested in Patreon, go and check that out. But yeah, it's been lovely chatting about the second World Cup. I'm very excited to see yeah. racing start on Friday. And it's always cool because I always find like when we do the recording, it makes me way more, I don't know, invested into the racing on the weekend, way more excited invested. about the racing on the weekend. Yeah. Like I do that 
start doing the, the research and you start going through and you start building this picture in your mind and then we do the show and I'm like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, 100%. And I was just say, I was just thinking about this other day, Lawrence, just for the listeners out there. I've come a very long way with my rowing knowledge because in the early days of Jake's rowing career, as Lawrence knows I knew nothing about rowing. No, Absolutely I think nothing. I, I think I even had to explain to Jake who Stephen Redgrave was at one point in in Jake's No, I wasn't that career. bad. But I wasn't that but, bad. But yes, you were. I'm just uh, yeah. But Jake, you have been on point lately, and actually a big shout out to Jake because he does a lot of the research and a lot of the 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 you know the legwork behind the row show at the moment. So it's it's really really cool to just roll in, see, read his notes and the, the depth that he goes into. And yeah, if you're on our Patreons and you want the the notes, you want to have a look at them, just give us a shout out and we'll send them to you. Cool. 100%. Jake? Awesome, I Lawrence. Thanks enough. for the shout out. That's enough, dude. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, no, you're everyone listening, have a fantastic weekend. 100%, dude. Thank you. Cool. Enjoy watching the racing. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we missed. And yeah, be we'll be in touch, guys. Keep your ears open and watch the racing. Sweet. Ciao. Uh, oh, man, the name stuck on my tongue, but...